Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf, and a quick reminder that the exact time is 8.05 Eastern Standard Time. This is always the best morning of the year with the extra hour of sleep. Okay, as you know, today is New York City Marathon Day, and what's become something of a annual tradition on the show, I'd like to spend this hour talking about the art and joy of running and how we pass that joy on to our children. Now, in my opinion, there are very few activities that are more enjoyable and better for your physical health and your psyche than just running. To me, it doesn't make any difference what sport your son or your daughter, or for that matter, what sport you play or played, because in most sports like uh, baseball or basketball, softball, lacrosse, soccer, and on and on, being able to run is usually an integral part of that activity. Plus, running is fairly inexpensive, and you can pretty much do it all year round. In short, it's a superb form of exercise that as a sports parent, you definitely want to encourage your child to do. Now, this is not to suggest that you should be pushing your kid or even yourself to run 26 miles in a marathon, but I'm quite sure that of the 50,000-plus runners who are competing today, well, they'll tell you, as the old saying goes, the longest journey starts with a single first step. And, of course, when it's Marathon Sunday and we talk about running, joining me this morning is our running and New York City marathon expert, Joel Pasternak. Joel has been running for 52 years, and along the way, he's been coaching youth and adults for 42 years. As a competitive runner himself in the 1974 Boston Marathon, Joel placed 28th with a time of 2.25.03. And in the first five boroughs New York City Marathon, he placed 25th in 1976. Joel, good morning. Morning, Rick. Good to be on with you on this wonderful uh, New York City Marathon Day. Absolutely. Now, you know, as I said, we've been doing this show for a few years now, and one of the reasons I enjoy having you come on is that you always, you always sort of surprise me with some sort of new insight about running that I wasn't aware of, whether it's, I don't know, everything from the proper way to, to lace up a running shoe to the, the sort of the inherent sense of good sportsmanship that runners seem to have when they're, they're competing. And I have a bunch of questions for you this morning as well. And by the way, friends, we'll take calls here for Joel at our toll-free line, 1-877-337-6666. That is brought to you by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at mohegansun.com. Joel, let me start with this. I, I keep reading that in terms of sheer numbers of kids participating, the most popular high school sport in the country by far, is track and field. So my question is, is that because every kid thinks that he or she can run quickly, run fast? I mean, that, or no. Do, or do, because um, you don't have to try it for a travel team or to compete? What, what, what is driving the popularity in track and field? 
I believe that there are your percentage of boys and girls who, again, comes to the parents who get, uh, you know, very uh, aggressive with seeing their son sprint and run in their soccer and basketball, and then they want to do a sport for the spring. But I think it's mainly due, and that I've always uh, talked about this over the years, is no one gets cut. Everyone ah. gets to participate. You go to meets, you practice together, and it's a really uh, bonding of, uh, and socialization of uh, learning, growing up together with your friends and going to meets together and accomplishing, uh, you know, at your own rate and having successes. It's an interesting perception because, as you said, that sort of runs so uh, contrary to other there's so much emphasis these days, as you know, about about kids and their parents want to see the kids succeed and, and uh, you know, make a, a travel or a club team and get to the next level. But with running, which is obviously an individual sport, you're saying just the opposite. This is a chance for a kid to go out there. Uh, they won't get cut. Uh, you work at your own ability and, and you sort of you are surrounded by other runners who have the same kind of sense of, hey, we're in this together uh, let's try to make ourselves better and more competitive. But it's it's a different kind of sense of competition. Exactly. Uh, you're going against the clock. You're starting off the season. Uh, say you're a sprinter, and the uh, first race you run as a you know high school kid, uh, your time for a boy is in the 13 second range. Well, let's see if I can break 13 seconds my next meet out. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, see what kind of workouts we're going to do together. So it's an ongoing. Um, venture going through the season and uh, what I like to point out uh, a lot of times is you know your son goes out for the basketball team well only five kids can play at a time sure they might be sitting on the bench for most of the season or they go out for baseball or softball and it's only nine at a time you go to the track and you go with your track team everybody goes on the bus everybody goes to the meet they have different heats say it's the hundred meters Okay, six boys will go, then the next six boys will go. And until they finish, every boy that wants to run 100 meters will run. And they're allowed to run in high school. They're allowed to run four events. Mm-hmm. So they can do a field event, a long jump, a shot put. They can do a relay. So it's a, a very uh, highly, like you said, participation sport. And uh, I was coming home yesterday and passed this uh, Garrett Mountain where they had the state sectionals. You couldn't find a parking space for, for miles. And there were people scattered all over this park, this, this famous cross-country park. And it was, just, it was just so uplifting to see the interest in cross-country running of this uh, state sectional meet in New Jersey yesterday. I think for those people, those parents in particular, who aren't familiar with how popular uh, cross-country running uh, or, or track and field is, they'd be stunned if they haven't been to a dual meet between two high schools or, to you say, to you know, a sectional meet or something like that, or a state championship. It is, it is unbelievably popular. Uh, and as you said, it's because I'm sure that everybody gets a chance to compete. And, and that's, that's a great, great opportunity that is so often lost these days when it comes to, to youth uh, and high school competitive sports. Uh, and let me ask you, Joel, I mean, what, I mean, if you're a mom or dad these days, I mean, how do you just, do you, you tell kids? Is that the way you encourage them to go out and run? Uh, they say, look, you go try it for your high school team because you're going to get every opportunity to perform and do your thing. Is that, is that the basic thrust of this? Uh, well, well, two things on that uh, point you're making, Rick. First, I'd just go back real quickly yep. about the uh, attendance of this meet and people being shocked. Well, you should see the looks on parents' face of my youth runners 
when we've been working out and doing our recreation track, and I say, let's go to this meet in Saddlebrook or a different place in Vernon County. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We'll, we'll go there and participate. And they show up. They can't find a parking space. There's 800 kids. <laughs> they say, where's this come from? <laughs> they, they can't believe it. What, what kind of, uh, you know, uh, territory are we in now? <laughs> if they, uh, no, it is absolutely true. If, if you are a sports parent and, and you're not familiar with just how popular, you know, the uh, running is, for youngsters, you're going to be in for a big shock when you try to just, oh, we'll get there right on time and just park in the parking lot. It doesn't exactly. work that way. <laughs> it doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. But so so what what can moms and dads do to encourage their kids to go out for, uh, you know, indoor, outdoor track? Well, um, it helps uh, finding out in your area about uh, the recreation programs that are put on. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the schools have middle school programs. Uh, depending on the gym teachers, they sometimes have uh, the kids – do the running in school, mm-hmm. but uh, there are also many uh, avenues which I um, like to uh, bring up the parents, especially for the girls. The girls has a phenomenal program, which I'd like to tell your listeners about, called the Women's Colgate Games, and it's been run for 44 years by Fred Thompson, who started the Adams Track Club, mm-hmm. and it's sponsored by Colgate Palmolive. It's a free competition. The kids get T-shirts and free backpacks with Colgate Palmolive products, and it's for first graders all the way through women over 30. And it's run through December, January, and February, culminating with the best runners running at the New Balance Athletic Center on 168th Street, and the top runners end up getting scholarships money to use when they go away to college. And it's just phenomenal. That, for the girls, is just great. Uh, that's a wonderful program, and uh, as you said, you know, it, it's a kind of program that if you're in that world of running, you obviously know about Fred Thompson and, and the Colgate Games, but for the average person, their mom or dad who may not be familiar, boy, it's important they, they're aware of, of this wonderful, wonderful program because it's just extraordinary what they do and how they take care of these, these young women. Uh, it's right. great. And, um, you know, the parents uh, of boys, Again, uh, they don't have a specialized uh, program for boys, but there are many avenues, again, through the recreation. Or um, if they go on uh, different websites um, in New Jersey, New York, uh, U- it's called USATF.org. It's the national website for uh, running in the country. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if they go to uh, the uh, section where it says about and scrolls down to associations, They'll see all the major associations throughout the United States. They can find their state. And if they go, they'll find the youth um, area, and they can find out what's going on. And just, you know, especially for New Jersey, indoor meets. There's so many indoor arenas in the New New Jersey metropolitan area that kids can go do meets during indoors, running a 50-yard meter dash, uh, 200 meters. It's great. And again, they're going to be surprised because there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of kids at these meets. But again, yep. they can get to see, gee, my son is thinking about it. Let's take him to one of these meets and enter him in a few events. And it's, it's not expensive, 4 or $5 an event. It's thrilling and exciting uh, for any youngster to see just uh, how, how popular the you know running is. And uh, they might be aware of it in a small little community. All right, let me let me... You know, we're talking with Joel Pasternak. We're talking about the art and joy of running and how you can introduce that to your youngster. Joel, let me get to take a break here. Obviously, we're going to take calls here at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. But uh, Dave Uram has your 
your update. When we return, we'll continue our conversation. Stay with me. And welcome back to the Sports Edge, everyone. This is Rick Wolf. Uh, the correct time is uh, just about 8.23 Eastern Standard Time. It's Marathon Sunday. We're talking with Joel Pasternak. We're talking about running. Uh, and, Joel, before I get to my calls here, I, I just have to ask you this, and this is kind of an open-ended question. But as, as somebody who's been involved in running all your life and you've been coaching with kids or whatever, I mean, how, is it really possible to make a youngster run faster to improve their their speed by, I mean, I don't know, either looking at the, their mechanics or, or, or finding a, something that's wrong with their approach. I mean, uh, it seems to me that it would be a very, very difficult sport to coach in order to get somebody to run literally just faster. Well, like you mentioned, the biomechanics is very important. Yep. Uh, the, the younger you get a kid working with them, you can change your speed. I mean, you're not going to make someone who just can't, Sprint as fast as some of their friends become as fast as them. They can mm-hmm. improve their speed. Um, drills are very important. Downhill running. There's a lot of different methods that can be done, uh, making them more flexible so their stride gets bigger to cover more ground. Right. And a- as they get older, they develop uh, fast twitch and slow twitch fibers. And as you get to an older age and you get into the college and beyond college, You've developed these fibers, and you're mainly going to stay a distance runner with decent speed or a sprinter with some endurance but still being a sprinter. But for the kids, uh, there's a good chance as time goes on that they can improve, but they might not find that they're doing as well in a sprint event as a distance event and vice versa. Huh. Okay. All right. Uh, 1-877-337-6666. That is our call. A lot of people trying to get through. Let's go to uh, let's start with Frank over in Newton. Frank, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick. Good morning. Uh, a question. Um, well, first of all, I'm uh, 55 years old. I I played football in, in, in high school and uh, a little in college. And uh, one day I decided, you know what? Enough of this powerlifting. I'm going to run a marathon. Mm-hmm. Stopped the powerlifting. Lost 50 pounds. And at the age of 43, I started my Marine Corps. Uh, marathon. Mm-hmm. I ran nine of them in a row. Um, I've always had some uh, hip issues. Uh, I think that's from the powerlifting. I had to have a hip replacement. Right. And um, I get done with the hip replacement, and the doctor says to me, oh, you know, you'll never run again. Yep. And five months later, I ran my, my ninth Marine Corps marathon. And uh, it was the, actually the easiest marathon I ever ran. I just took it easy, but the reason why I'm calling is, is about the biomechanics of running now uh, with the hip replacement, and I've been doing some research in it. Uh, what's the long-term prognosis of running with the hip replacement and running uh, like a heel striker as opposed to landing on the balls of your feet? Um, I just wondered if uh, yeah. uh, you know, have any thoughts about that. Joel, that's a, a pretty good question. Frank, uh, obviously, um, having gone through, I didn't have my hip replaced, but I had my hip resurfaced, which is very comparable and, and uh, yeah, anybody who's gone through this, and I've been a, a, a more of a sprinter than a long-distance runner in my life, but I, I do like to go out and jog uh, when I can. Uh, Joel, what about what have you heard of anything about about uh, you know Frank's situation and predicament? Uh, obviously, he wants to run. He's 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 done successfully. He's running, but but the question was, you know, having a hip replacement. What have you heard, or what have you seen from people who've had the you know a comparable kind of a procedure or operation? Well, I just want to say, Frank, uh, I love your persistency, that you love to run, and, and, and you're keeping it up. 
Uh, I had my knee replaced, uh, so we need place over a year ago. Mm-hmm. And what I was told by my orthopedist is it's only going to last as long as you take care of it in terms of the surface you run on, the sneakers you use, the amount you do it, the smarter you train rather than harder way you train. Uh, I find heel striking is much better. Heel ball striking is better because uh, you're using more of your thighs uh, and more of your upper leg, even though you are putting a little concentration on the hip, but you're taking a lot of pressure off the knee and the shins, which you can end up with knee problems. But, uh, Frank, your, your shoes are very important. Uh, keeping up uh, course training, involved with the running, maybe changing your program a little bit so you can get a longer length out of the uh, hip replacement. But, uh, you know, if you take care of things, you know, I'm hoping you're going to get at least 10, 15 years out of it before any other issues uh, come up. Yes, that's what I'm hoping for, another 10 or 15 years. I've run actually two marathons since the hip replacement. I ran one this past June up in Poughkeepsie at Marist College. And, by the way, my daughter, she's not a big runner, but I take her up for 5Ks. I run with her. She enjoys it. Now she's starting to go to the gym and getting involved with things like that. So I think the children seeing the parents being involved in uh, marathon running, 5Ks, 10Ks, turkey trots, whatever it may be, I think that's a family activity, and I think it's really good to encourage kids that way as well. Oh, uh, There's no question about it, Frank. As you said, this is something that has obviously been a great a source of, uh, of pride and joy to you for many years, and obviously you want to continue. And Joel, of course, it's been a, a huge part of his life as well, and it's a great tradition to pass on to youngsters, particularly those kids, you know, when they go through, let's say, youth and high school sports and, you know, maybe some college, but once they're finished playing uh, at, the, let's say, the high school or collegiate level, they want to find some activity that really would enjoy for the rest of their their lives, I mean, certainly running is one of them. And there's no better way than for a mom or dad to say, look, come out and run with us. We'll, we'll do a, you know, a, a short race or, as you say, a turkey trot, whatever it might be, to get them into the flow and see how much enjoyment, not only does, as I said at the outset, for not only their physical well-being, but their mental uh, psyche as well. I mean, it, it's an important kind of exercise. Can I ask one more question real quick? Yeah. Uh, how... How uh, old should a person be before they actually run the first marathon? I've heard different things about that. Oh, that's a good question. Joel, how about, what do you uh, think? Uh, well, uh, my philosophy has been over the years, uh, definitely not till you're out of high school, into college. Uh, if you're an older age, I always tell my runners and people I meet uh, over the years when I've owned a store and people have come in, you've got to get at least three years under your belt of running, building up your base, and building up uh, the running muscles, and trying out 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, because just doing it as a bucket list thing to do it over first year, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're definitely going to get injured, and you're not going to enjoy it because you're going to be pushing so hard to get ready for it, and then you're not going to make it a part of your life because it's, oh, it was a lot of work, I did it for a year, and now I'm, that's it for me. And then it takes okay. away from the importance you can get out of running. Frank, let me move on. Thank, thank, thank you for you. the call, Frank. Appreciate it. You know, it's, it's, Thanks, Frank. Uh, and I, I want to come back to that uh, in, in, a, in a second, Joel, about uh, what people should be thinking about if they do you know, look upon uh, running a marathon as a bucket list. Uh, I want to come back, but let me, let's go to our next caller. Let's go to, uh, to New Rochelle where Darren's been standing by. Hi, Darren. You're on the fan. Hey, guys. Great topic today. Joel, just a couple questions. One, do you think that one of the contributing factors to the popularity of track and cross country is the social interaction where it's a co-ed sport, 
and boys and girls, certainly at the varsity level, may, you know, hit it off and date, et cetera. And then also the thing on my mind is just it's a real positive thing, that sport. They're supportive. You run a race, everyone's very complimentary, whereas, you know, baseball, you strike out, go back to the dugout, and it's not always that vibe. And, you know, last thing that came to my mind was just the notion that there's no subjectivity. The watch doesn't lie. So right, when, I, right. when, I play, when I play high school soccer, you know, am I a college player? It's kind of a gray area. But in track, I got the watch. What do you think about that, Joel? Okay, Darren, we bring up uh, some good uh, areas. The social activity is great. Uh, the friendships are formed, the relationships, uh, the pasta parties they have, maybe uh, the night before a cross-country race or a track meet. Uh, it is very uplifting for the kids to get together. Uh, they get uh, support from the school. You know, you have the football players who are walking around with their, their football jerseys, the basketball players, where you have the track team walking around with their singlets, and they uh, stand for something in the school. Um, the part uh, you mentioned about the uh, kids uh, team-wise, uh, the watch doesn't lie, you're going to make your relay team of the four people by having the four best time, whether it's for the hundred meter, four by ones, or the four by eights, or by the mile, the only you know you can't that doesn't lie. You're not being cut off that relay team because we don't like you or you're not uh, as um, efficient in your workouts or whatever. Your times have proved to be the best four times, and that uh, is going to choose who's on our relay team. Yeah, uh, you know it's right. Uh, 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 Darren, thank thank you for the the good questions. Thanks, uh, Darren. Uh, you know, uh, Joel. You know, it's funny. <laughs> A lot of, and you know this, uh, you know, a lot of high school athletic directors uh, and coaches will tell you that um, when it comes to sports programs and sports parents, it's track and field, perhaps along with swimming. It's the best sport of all because every kid is judged objectively by the stopwatch. Uh, there are no complaints about playing time. Uh, how come a kid didn't perform better? It's because you say the, the, the watch, the numbers don't lie, and there's something very, very sort of pure about the fact that uh, when you compete, it's, 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 that's your time, that's what you did. And uh, you, if you, you aren't satisfied with it, you can obviously work harder and try to improve upon your time. But the fact of the matter is you don't get involved in any of the so-called uh, you know, politics about how come my kid's not uh, you know, getting, a, getting a starting position, how come this is happening. No, the numbers don't lie. It's as simple as that. Exactly. You know, with uh, running especially for high school uh, athletes wanting to go into college. Uh, they can look at their stats and see who's been the most consistent and decide who they want to give the scholarship to or who they want to bring into their school. You know, basketball players, someone could be the best scorer on the team, but maybe they're not giving out, you know, assists or hustling as much. So, again, it's by your times to decide on who's going to get the uh, better offers to college. Yeah, I, and as I said, uh, I, I ran uh, indoor track uh, when I was in high school, and it was, you know, you, you, it, it very refreshing. You, you, you see what it's all about very quickly. You see how you match up against your competitors. There is that inherent sense of really good sportsmanship, as Darren mentioned. You know, after you, you run a race, you know, there's a sense of camaraderie, not just with your own teammates, but with your, your opponents as well. It's just a good, positive feeling that I think that a lot of uh, kids and sports parents should be aware of, the benefits of, of running, a, you know, on track. All right, let me... Let me take another pause here. We're talking, of course, with Joel Pasternak. We're talking about 
running and what it means for kids and parents and, and how, what, a, what a wonderful sport and activity it is. And we're talking, of course, on, about this on New York City Sunday Marathon. All right, 1-877-337-6666. And just a reminder that at 9 o'clock this morning, it is a football Sunday with Mark Malusis and Dave Deal. Make sure you stick around and get their thoughts and observations of what's happening uh, in the NFL today. And I always invite you to check out uh, my website and blog at askcoachwolf.com. We're talking about, the, uh, about running the New York City Marathon. Uh, which is at an all-time high uh, running in terms of uh, kids and sports. It's a good thing. But before we turn to uh, Joel Pasternak and, and, your, and your thoughts, uh, I want to take a moment to, to once again ask this basic question about the World Series. And this question has been asked now for decades. Major League Baseball, you spend a fortune on those very, very stylish and wonderful playball.org commercials about kids and baseball and what a great sport it is. But that being said, can you explain why you start the World Series games at 8.15, meaning that the kids either are doing their homework or they've passed out by 10 or 10.30? Now, mind you, the two best games in this year's World Series were decided in extra innings, and they took place way past 11 o'clock here on the East Coast. And I look, I know it's all about making money and marketing, but still, it's just not fair. Mr. Manfred... If you really want to attract the younger kids with these playball.org commercials, start the World Series games at 7 p.m. instead of 8.15. To me, it's, it's a very simple solution. Okay, enough of that. I'll get off my soapbox. Joe, let me get back to uh, a question that a lot of people, we mentioned before the break, about people say, well, to me, I'd love to run a marathon. I'd love to run 26 miles. It's a bucket list kind of thing. But you alluded to the fact that it, it's, it's not something – uh, that you just go out and do and, and just make it happen. It's going to be, if you, if you do attempt that, it could be a, a very, very painful kind of experience. So explain to our listeners, how does one, if you do have that dream, that ambition to go out and run a marathon, how, do, how long does it take to build up a sense of, okay, uh, I can do this, and, and what's the typical sort of training regimen you would advocate? Well, it uh, all depends on where the person is coming from. Uh, their athletic ability, um, they should first, by all means, see their doctor, have their blood pressure checked and all their vital signs to make sure uh, that uh, there's nothing uh, with their heart or anything to uh, take part in this uh, strenuous uh, uh, training uh, that they are going to uh, take on. Mm -hmm. um, they should first start uh, with what a lot of areas are starting calling the couch to 5K. You're getting off your couch. And you're going to practice for a couple months with a coach that uh, knows uh, what they're doing. And you're going to look forward to doing a 5K race. And from there, you start building yourself up. Again, like I said, uh, I don't like to see someone for at least three years uh, do a marathon. I don't see the sense of someone walking and running and being out there six, seven hours. That's not just good for the body. That's not good for the body. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a toll and... Who know how it's going to affect the rest of their life? When I used to have a store in uh, Greenwich Village uh, back in the late 70s, early 80s, the first thing people came to me after a marathon was not as much to tell me about the race, but did I knew a good orthopedic surgeon or podiatrist. <laughs> they had so many aches and pains. Well, <laughs> I mean, three years is a, is a, is a long time. And, I, you know, people will tell me, well, I, I saw the marathon uh, in November, and I was inspired. The time has come. I want to start tomorrow and uh, start my... my, my uh, 
my routine so that next year I can compete in the marathon. And you're saying that's not a good idea. You got to you got to take a longer a long distance kind of approach to this. Yeah, that's that's what I believe. And that's if someone who's been you know pretty active, uh, going to the gym, doing some cardio, uh, their weight's uh, good. Uh, they're watching their nutrition and. Uh, What's become very popular over the years is called uh, a run-walk program, where you run for nine minutes, walk for a minute, run for nine minutes, walk for a minute, and do the whole marathon like that. And that's become very successful, and people are doing very well doing that, and you're not beating your body up as much because you're taking breaks every uh, nine, ten minutes. Now, when you say uh, you, you run for nine minutes, are you talking about a jog, or are you talking about an actual kind of like uh, running uh, as fast me- as you can? Medium, a little, no, not as fast as you can, but a, a little faster than your jog. Your, your walk is at a good pace. Because what I found out over the years, that people that have the mindset that I've got to run the whole thing, mm-hmm. and by the time they get to the last six miles, they're running slower than if they walk fast. Hmm. <laughs> so that they're defeating the purpose. Hmm. And, you know, and, so you're, you're better off taking that little walk break, get some fluids in you, take some energy uh, bars or goos, and... Uh, that little break helps you, and you'll feel better to, to run the next part of your uh, your time run. You'll do a lot better. You, you also mentioned before that that uh, in terms of kids, that you would suggest that the, the kids do not try a marathon, uh, certainly not until they're out of high school and perhaps not even you know maybe through college. Uh, yeah, why, I, why why is that, Joel? I am I am so again. I mean, I've heard parents uh, who want their kids to do ten Ks to work. 11, 12-year-olds, I know some who have done half marathons, which I frown against because the children, especially your young kids who are, are just before high school, their, their body hasn't uh, matured and developed yet, the muscles and the bones and everything, and it could cause so many problems for them in the future. I'd rather see them, you know, work up to, uh, you know, the quarter mile, half mile, mile, uh, 5K, you know, but, but done, you know, at a... Um, program to where it's uh, consistent and gradual. And like we uh, talked earlier, when a parent starts running because they want to see their child who's showing some interest in running, they start, it seems like, because they started, and wow, I feel pretty good doing this. I'm losing weight. I'm getting extra time to spend with my kids. It becomes, like you said, a whole family affair, and it's great to see. Yeah, I think that that is the the ultimate takeaway. If there's some way that, that parents can obviously you know, uh, set sort of a, a precedent uh, for the youngsters and say, look, this is part of my routine now as, as, a, uh, as a fully functioning adult. I make sure I run, uh, you know, maybe I run two, three, you know, four times a week, uh, particularly when the weather is good. Uh, and as the kids see that, eventually the, the, the parent can say, look, why don't you go with me for a jog and, you know, let's, we can have a chance to chat and catch up and so on and so forth. It's, it's a wonderful kind of, of bonding opportunity for for the sports parent and and their youngster sure is and um you know some of these parents that want to go to these turkey trots and their five mile turkey trots or 10k first get the kid to running a mile and seeing if they could do four laps around the track or do they like it i mean you want to make running it's play and you want to see them smile on their face yeah i'm just going to say it's essential uh that you, you that the idea of running uh, is enjoyable. It, it's not looked upon as some sort of like uh, punishment or as uh, some sort of just uh, obligation. It's meant to be fun, quite simply. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think, as I said at the uh, you know at the start of the show, when when parents and kids go to these big meets and they see just how popular uh, you know running is, 
uh, they come away inspired, and they, you, they get that sense of, wow, this is really cool. A lot of people like doing this. Exactly. It's uh, so popular and enjoyable and the uh, camaraderie and everything. And what I've done over the years, because a lot of kids, a lot of people look at the track, and it looks enormous. This 400-meter <laughs> track, and you want me to run around four times or two <laughs> times? Well, I've, I've broken it up to where I get the kids, like, Say, say a kid's running a 10-minute mile or two and a half minutes for the lap. I get the kids on grass or a track doing drills. And they're doing drills. They're not thinking about it. I'm timing them for the drills. They get a little competitive. Or I have them kick softballs in the grass. they got to kick a softball for 80 yards, get down to the line, and come back. And they're not thinking. They're kicking the softball. Or they're doing what I call the uh, hound and the hare, where they're at different corners and they got to run and someone's got to tag them. And they're playing like they're playing like within they're very young, like hide and seek, and they don't realize it. But all of a sudden, they're running for ten minutes, yep, and don't even put a thought to running around the track four times. That's that's exactly right. Uh, you know, Joel. Uh, obviously, this is the whole purpose that the kids say, "Hey, you know, I, I I didn't know I could run that long for that far," and that's 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 a wonderful, wonderful thing. Hey, Joel. As always, I, I thank you for for taking some time out from your schedule to to uh, join me this morning to talk about this very simple. Yet so important exercise is running, and uh, again, I'm just so 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 grateful for your insights and your expertise, so, Joel. Thank I you so much. I uh, appreciate being on with you, and uh, keep up your exercise, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, that of course is Joel Pasternak, uh, our our so-called expert on New York City Marathon, and of course a longtime coach of kids. Uh, and he, as you can tell, Joel knows what he's talking about when it comes to encouraging youngsters. Uh, to run and to run with their parents. It's as simple as that. All right, let me take a time out. I'll be back. Big Wolf. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The Fan. And Sports Radio 66 WFAN. Well, I'm very, very, uh, you know, happy to talk about running because, you know, there are so many good things about uh, running track. And uh, if, if you are eager as a sports parent to make sure your son or your daughter uh, stays in shape, uh, not only just for growing up, but to, as they're for a lifelong uh, you know, sense of, of, of really being physically fit. There's so many good things about, uh, about running. And uh, obviously, I'm, I'm grateful to Joel Pasternak for, for you know, coming on the show this morning and talking about these things. First of all, before I forget, if you want more information uh, about uh, programs, youth rec programs in your particular state, uh, Joel mentioned uh, you go to a website, USTF.org, USTF.org. You can find programs uh, in every state you, you live in, and it's obviously an excellent resource. But just to recap this again, uh, you know, when you talk about running, first of all, it is good for you. It is uh, just it's excellent, excellent physical exercise, not just for you, but for your kids as well. Uh, it, it's obviously uh, inexpensive. All you really need, Billy, is a, a pair of running shoes and a place to run. Uh, it, it's something that if your kid wants to, and we talked about at the, uh, the top of the hour, how track and field is the most popular sport across the country in high school. And one of the reasons why that is is, is you know, we talk so much on, on the Sports Edge about the, the competition for, for travel teams and club teams and kids that they get cut and so on and so forth or you know, how many few kids, like as Joel mentioned, in basketball in high school, only five kids play at a time. But in track and field, nobody gets cut. And if you want to go out and see what you can do as a runner, whether you're, you know, run 100 meters or you're running, uh, you know, a much longer distance, this is, this is up, up to you. 
because you compete, and and uh, you know the stopwatch tells you how you go, how you're doing. Uh, there's no worries about playing time, no concerns about uh, politics, nothing. Everybody just gets a chance to show what they can do. And in the world of sports today, that is really a wonderful, wonderful thing to have. So again, uh, we can see why the New York City Marathon is so popular with more than 50,000 people running. And obviously, it's a great, great experience for everybody involved. Okay. That's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Brian Rascona. Please stick around for Football Sunday. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.